Welcome to Article 23, your podcast all about making work work. A big welcome to 2024. We're ready to go for an exciting year ahead and excited to be back with the podcast for the year ahead. Um, before we get started on today's podcast, we want to start by acknowledging the land that we're on today for this recording, which is the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. And as we record, we want to acknowledge and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. And we want to give our sincere gratitude for their care of this land over thousands of years. To get down to the podcast today, I'm James Hancock, and you'll be surprised to know that with me today is... <laughs> Rhonda Brighton. Woohoo! Here we are. <laughs> and happy to be here with you, James, and wishing you the very, very best of New Year's. Thank you. Same to you. We had such a, an extraordinary end to 23. Amazing. Yep. And 2024 started even better, so... Congratulations, you and good luck. Thank you, and ditto to you. We've got three big topics for today. So, diversity, equity, inclusion, and well-being. We've yep. had some interesting articles and things written about that. Yeah, super important topics, and are getting a quite a bit of flack. Yep. Next one: positive duty of care for sexual harassment, and what's come in and legal changes to that. Yep. Quick chat. Yep. Beautiful. And good news, obviously, about the Australian Open because it's only an all good news all of the time every year. It is at the moment, <laughs> like on day three or whatever. I mean, it's really good news. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Okay, so. Topic one. Yeah, let's go. Flack for some really important topics, DEI and wellbeing. What have we got? We've so, got two articles, right? Yeah, there is. And one of them's, let's start with wellbeing. Yep. So the first article that we saw, which has got a lot of um, repeat business or whatever you call that in LinkedIn, is a study, first week of Jan, came out of the UK. Not a lot of news at that time of year in Australia. So mm. 46,000 workers in the UK concluded, um, the research concluded that firms were better off spending their time working on organisational interventions like staff resources, yeah. management practices and leadership, and better job design if they wanted to support greater wellbeing in the workplace. That's quite interesting. So that sort of goes to, in our context, the discussion and maybe not the right landing yet on psychosocial risk factors and stuff, which a lot of those things, those words you used about what helps are in there. Yeah. But all the emphasis is on programs and initiatives opposed to fixing some basics. Yeah. Right. And we did so, yeah. it's. I mean, well-being is really important. We obviously want people yeah. to thrive and being basically well and yeah. strong is an important part of that. Yeah. But it is really interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes we go to such a a fragile yeah. space to discuss it yep. that we end up. I mean, we we saw some really funny examples. We saw a person who was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I have to go to a well-being lunch, a brown bag lunch, and then I'll I can come back to you at five o'clock if that's if you're free." And you're like, well, "That's because yeah. they spent their lunch break doing some training they didn't really want to do, and now they're doing their work <laughs> at five o'clock." So, yeah. it's it's things like that where people are clumsy with how they've done it, or yeah. it's a initiative du jour, one hour of nothingness. Yeah. And and I think the outcome of that study is sort of encapsulated in the sentence. It was actually printed in Australia in the Australian newspaper. Mm-hmm. But it said, they, the whole research poses a challenge, the popularity and legitimacy of individual level mental well-being interventions, like mindfulness, resilience, stress management, relaxation classes and well-being apps. And I find little evidence in support of any benefits from these interventions. But the reality is mm. that any one of those interventions could be great for an individual, Yeah. but they need to choose it. Yeah. Yeah. It can't just be a blanket approach. No. Right? Sitting That's us all in a room and saying, okay, we're all going to be flexible for yoga. And there's two people who can bend themselves in a pretzel and feel great with yoga. Yeah. And everyone else would, I'd rather listen to music. So mm. 
You put me in the yoga class. I'm probably not as flexible as super flexible. That was an example, not a suggestion for our wellbeing programs. <laughs> okay, just checking. Okay, Take good. me to a concert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Done, me too. That sounds fun. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for helping us yeah. design our 2024 My Wellbeing platform. But, um, but that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's about, it's the research is obviously saying that this cookie cutter, everybody goes through the same thing, but one hour yeah. is not going to be the solution to, to wellbeing. Wellbeing is going to be solved by creating a good workplace, great leadership, staff resourcing being done well, better job design of the work that you do, and also things that matter to the individuals who are looking at it. So I think that's perfectly sensible, yeah. but it got a big a big headline. I think that's it. Like We're not coming through critically on anyone that's doing that work right. What we're kind of saying is interesting to see the data, the approaches and stuff, people in that space probably get it, but this is actually a good and I haven't seen a lot of this before, but like actually a data-driven thing. And 46,000 people. It's a yeah. big sample, right? It's a big huge, sample. Huge. Big sample. And it's one of those things that if they've sat down with people and said, look, we've got about yeah. 17 things we could do for you that we yeah. think might be nice at lunchtime. Yeah. What do you think? And yeah. people might say, I really like number one. Someone else says seven. Say, okay, we're going to do one this week, seven next week. Let's go. Like it. But number 12 might not be something anyone wants to do. Absolutely. Righto. So well-being done. That was speed version. And now DEI, <laughs> um, article in The Guardian, first week of January, came out of the USA. Yeah, it did. Pretty big one. emotive and big. Want to talk to that? Yeah, it was a very emotive article from the president of the Society of Human Resources, or SHRM, as it's known yeah, around the yeah, world. Yeah. Um, this, the, it's the biggest human resource institute in the world. Massive, yeah. In America. And uh, he came out and said that... Um, it will come under full attack in 2024. Wow. So that's very emotive words. It is. And he called it a hot button issue coming off the back of mm. all the social movements, if you like, yep. on um, Black Lives Matter and um, in Australia, the referendum and all that sort of jazz. He said the momentum that they had built is actually fading. And then that was followed up just to emphasize that we had Elon, our friend, mm-hmm. Mr. Musk, um, posted on his social media platform, X, formerly known as Twitter, that DEI must die. Ooh, bit mm. of emotion in that. Too. Yeah, wow. That's uh, <laughs> now. Yep. Good news is we don't take advice from Elon Musk, so that's a good thing we can let that one go. Yep. Um, but it is really important to understand that when you get people sort of saying it's under attack, it's under attack. It's not. Mm. There's a lot of good social movement. There's a lot of understanding that inclusion is important. There's a lot of understanding that the creativity, and innovation, and fun at work that comes from not working people exactly the same as you every day mm. um, is actually good for business and good for people. We've known that business case wise for a couple of decades now. Mm. Um, so it's just about making sure that those programs are not things that can be easily attacked that are too sort of soft or not relevant to people but actually like if you're talking about flexible work or good job design that it is good job design that allows people to do their job well Mm. in a good way with their lives and that works really in a great way and that any intervention you do is measurable and so you sort of like a common thread between the DEI one and the well-being one even though they're different topics is that relevancy is pretty key it is really relevant, isn't it? Et yeah. Et and, and and what might be relevant, like if I've been working in the police force or a hospital or an ambulance driver or something mm-hmm. like that for a long time, mm-hmm. I've had a certain structure of the way work's been done. Okay? Yeah. So I've worked my life around that. Yeah. Now, I might like some flexibility, but I completely understand that I can't drive the ambulance at home. Mm-hmm. So no. I need to be with the patients. Yeah. So designing work design in a good way could be really helpful to people who have caring responsibilities or whatever it happens to be that's a good program and you'll end up with great people driving your ambulances appreciating the flexibility 
But equally, if I work in some other sort of job, I might want something totally different in terms of flexibility. So that asking people what they want, getting involved, yeah. what's relevant, what can we do that matters, not everything, just do things that matter, mm-hmm. that make the workplace better, make people able to do their job better. That's where it's at. Like it. So we came out, there's backlash. We've sort of explained why. We don't think that either of them are dead, but they just need relevancy, appropriateness, right practice for people, opposed to best practice, just copy someone, etc. And we're yeah. good to go. Yeah. And measure it, obviously, and keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. It's really straightforward, isn't it? Just don't it seems be. Okay. Don't be grand, and 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 also don't be just super critical. Yeah, that's like right. you know, if you don't do yoga with me for an hour every day, your well-being is going to suffer. Well, it might be terrible to do well-being yoga with me every day. It might be do your own thing and make it work. Just checking again that that's <laughs> not threat for our well-being program. No, got it. Okay, cool. Enough jokes about our well-being programs and other stuff. Second topic: positive duty of care. Talk to that one. Yeah, positive duty of care comes in now. Yep. Okay, so everybody's getting ready for that. Positive duty of care. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you must take positive steps to prevent yep. proactively sexual harassment, sexual yep. discrimination or sex discrimination, hostile work environments on the ground of sex, and also victimization or retaliatory action. So they're the big four that you have to take proactive action. So that's what it is. Yep. Um, positive duty of care means that you've got a couple of principles that are being applied. And the Human Rights Commission, I think, has done just a superb job Mm. of saying, here's the materials and details you need. And if you've got a good leader or, or, you know, if you're bigger and you've got a good HR person, that's even better. Then they can grab these materials and just, you know, go. Um, But the four, if we look first up at the the principles, I think they're actually pretty important. So the principles are consultation. So once back to wellbeing and... um, the conversation on um, DEI. Mm -hmm. So consultation is really important. It's important intersectionality. So different things need different people with different identities and and different aspects to their their understanding of themselves. They might need different things. Um, Gender equality is a very important one. Part of it, recognizing that um, they're perpetrated with gender in an unequal way. And then person-centered, trauma-informed, which is basically to say that you care for people when they raise issues, you care for people when they've had claim makes against them, you're mm. really leaning into that. So they're the principles of it. And the seven areas that you need to get right are leadership, make sure people in leadership are, should be in leadership, yep. <laughs> culture, um, set the tone from the top, absolutely, but at the same time foster a culture where people can speak up and are empowered to, to look after good culture. Make sure people have got good knowledge, they know what's going on, so knowledge is the third one. Risk management, so you set expectations around what's expected and what's not expected so that there's good guidance on that. Um, provide support, so if they have witnessed um, or experienced sexual harassment or sex discrimination, that they've got some proper support around them and can do something with it. Mm-hmm. That the reporting and response is fair, so set expectations around what you expect to report on and what how you will respond and then respond and report in the way you said you would. And finally, monitor, evaluate, and make sure that you're watching trends and being transparent about that so that if you've got risks, people can help you manage them on your team. I think it's seven great areas. I think the four principles are really clear. I think the materials and the framework that the Human Rights Commission has put together for those principles is fantastic. Um, And we'll put some links on it in the newsletter. So if you're worried about it or you're wondering about it, there's some really good practices that you can do. But I would absolutely note that a lot of good employers mm. and good organizations and good leaders even in not great organizations are probably already doing a pretty good job of consulting yeah. 
you know, making sure that things are working well, checking in with people, making sure they do what they say they're going to do. So for some people, there won't be much more to do than they're already doing because yep. they're already doing a great job. Great resources. So last one is always good news. And we've you spoke about the Australian Open starting. We've got the story of Sonny Renanson. Yes. How cute is he? He's really cute. <laughs> super, so in effect, cute. like we could oversummarize it, but he's an awesome um, tennis player in a wheelchair. Um, from Victoria has been going he came on Breakfast Radio six years ago uh, and he was just super optimistic and basically was like I can do anything this is great if you're standing up if you have a disability anyone can play anything is what he said he's super energetic he's a high performance um, athlete at Tennis Australia in Melbourne yeah he's already part of that team already how awesome like fantastic so exciting it could be the next Dylan Alcott wouldn't that be fantastic there's a few of them actually they're so good that would be cool and that's sort of how it came through as well Um, initially was uh, he's sort of lobbying for want of a better word that's probably the wrong word but um, got great energy enthusiasm and has done some really cool innovation around how you could be a ball person in a wheelchair yeah, a ball kid. He helped you know invent I mean? the ball picker upper. It looks like this amazing <laughs> vacuum. I'm like, I think you should sell that to you know Dyson or something. To be honest, I don't mean drop names, but oh, you play a lot of tennis. Cool. You'd be happy not to have to bend down to get the ball. Yeah, I probably should try and talk to Sonny. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> um, but love, love, loved his energy. He's a, he's a gem, and he did in one of his interviews that I saw on TV. It was just yeah. he said, um, "The good day will be when no one even notices that a person in wheelchairs out there." I thought, well, he's cool. Pretty cool. Absolutely. So that is it from us. We're back off holiday mode and into that one. We started strong, strongly with <laughs> a lot of weird jokes from me. Sorry. Just, um, I think it's important right. that people know that you are all about dad jokes. I am about dad jokes. Even before you had a kid, you were about dad and the jokes. And good, the good news about it is that, you know, forgetting punchlines once in a while is effectively means you're doing the right thing. It does. <laughs> space for a kid to step in yeah that's right that's right which you did well so but they are three yeah. really good topics yeah, so, yeah the great. challenge to DEI and well-being yeah. and um making sure that we still do some great work in those spaces because they're important albeit totally. they need to be done well not silly yeah proactive positive duty of care very important comes in now and uh finally the good news about Sonny is just an inspiration to everybody love it what's our wrap I've forgotten it's been so long but I think it's keep listening to Thanks. Us, hopefully. Thank we you for always listening. Always that. start with yep. gratitude. So yep. thank you for listening. 2024 is looking awesome, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, wishing everybody a great new year. Success, happiness, adventure. Keep listening to each other, to us, hopefully. Yep. And, of course, to your intuition. There you go. Awesome. Thank you.